Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell. He scores the ball and he rebounds well. Don't fight the future. Here comes Luca. In Hello, this is 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The one Mavericks podcast that just now realized we are not the only one. I'm Tim Cato. I'm your host. I write and talk about the Mavericks for the Athletic. Today, we're doing a crossover episode with uh, a couple people you might know. Nick Angstead, Isaac Harris, they do Locked on Mavericks, another fantastic Mavericks podcast. And to be clear, This whole only Mavericks podcast thing, it's always been a joke about how many great podcasts there really are out there in the Mavericks sphere. We decided that it was finally time for Nick and Isaac and me and Austin to get on a pod together and we're going to talk about Jason Kidd and what he says to the media. Me and Nick are there at most of the press conferences and who better than the four of us to figure out what Jason Kidd really means when he says all of these sound bites, all of these quotes that continue circulating, sometimes making y'all mad, sometimes just needing an explanation. So we're going to do that on this episode. I hope you enjoy. All right. Welcome in. We are here. Nick Angstead from Locked on Mavericks, Isaac Harris from Locked on Mavericks, Austin Garuya from 77 Minutes in Heaven, Tim Cato from The Athletic, 77 Minutes in Heaven. I guess technically Austin's The Athletic as well. Do we count that? Dime, baby. I'm I'm dime. I'm going to count the athletic. I'm also going to count New York Times. I'm just going to keep stealing bylines. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> bylines we can get. Uh, we're gathered here today to talk about Jason Kidd, the coach of the Dallas Mavericks. And the wild quotes we've gotten recently, we've gotten just some insane quotes from Jason Kidd. And we want to first talk about some of our favorite ones and talk about the ones that stand out to us the most. We're going to do like a, a pseudo fantasy draft of, of which which have been our favorite so far. What do they mean to us? And then later on, let's talk about what does it mean? Like, what what is Jason Kidd's approach to this Dallas Mavericks team right now? What is what is his approach as a coach to the media? Is it different than his approach to players? And so we'll talk about and dissect all that kind of stuff where the Dallas Mavericks are going because I think we can all agree, Jason Kidd's not going away, guys. Like, th- this is this is not something to where oh we're seeing the final days of what Jason Kidd. Even though it seems like doom and gloom, the vibes are are not immaculate all over. Dallas Mavericks, you know, media and fans and all that. This is not going to change as far as the Jason Kidd piece of this. Cato, right? Nick, like this, it's not going anywhere. It's it's not. It's absolutely not. And Nick, I have to do a little table setting. There are times. So you and I are consistently in this post game press conference, and there's times. Usually, sit a few rows, like a couple rows behind me. Um, so we can't quite like side, you know, like like you know, throw a, a glance over at each other. But after Jason Kidd goes on and one of these sound bites come up, the debrief. Uh, we might debrief. You know, <laughs> I might I might pop over to your row. You might uh, sneak up to mine and and just be like, "That's sure a collection of words that was just said. Surely that won't go viral on Twitter and every <laughs> other Mavericks fandom internet space." And so, like, even in the very moment, I think we have a pretty good grasp of like, "Oh boy, here we go again. Here we go again." People are not going to like that one. Uh, yeah, as, as, as recently as I'm not playing, I'm watching, we got, just that, like you guys. We got that one, but guys, <laughs> let's just go through and what's been some of your favorite quotes from Jason Kidd. Uh, and then I'll, I'll set the table as far as where that quote came from and, and, uh, why it was said, go, go back if, to if the I beginning start, though, the beginning, yeah, yeah, I want to start, I want to start at the beginning. Um, you, you maybe said, Isaac what, did too. Well, one of y'all said recently, I think it was Nick. Nick was like, recently Jason Kidd's fired off some quotes. I'm like, I don't know if it's just been recently. <laughs> I mean, we, we're getting a good little two-year stretch here of some, you know, the bingo card of of quotes is looking pretty nice right now. But 
let's go let's go back to the beginning what are some like ones at the at the start of the kid experience in dallas that i mean the touch I the do car the one about reggie bullock well, here's oh, okay. the he, oh, here, start here's there. the first drop I ever took from Jason Kidd. Good morning, Isaac. <laughs> and then, and then now we have, of course, the, the the infamous. I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. This goes back to uh, the, after the first three games of the season, Reggie Bullock was like the one free agent that the Mavericks brought in. He's supposed to be this wing. We all saw the vision. Like we all saw what he was supposed to be on the team. First three games of the season, he plays 15 minutes, 17 minutes, 17 minutes. And so I asked him the question, you know, what does Reggie Bullock have to do to play more? And I get this from from Jason Kidd, the head coach. I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. What did that and signal so to you, thing, Isaac? Why is, or, or Kato, why is it no, the first Nick, one that quick, stands out to you? you? Nick, real quick, you said this over Zoom, right? Yes. Yeah, I think mm. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a road game and they were still doing Zoom interviews, which just adds another. He wasn't talking to you in person in the flesh. <laughs> he was talking to you over like this TV setup. I believe it was Atlanta in the in the press uh, room that was kind of set up from scratch. So he was talking into a TV uh, television monitor uh, at you when he said this. I just want to. That is important context to me. That is very important. <laughs> Why does this one stand out, though? I mean, Austin, you want to go? You got something? You know, I, I think it just it just set the tone. It set the tone that a kid is is self-aware, maybe a little too self-aware. Maybe he's, he's like a, he's a sentient head coach. And it kind of set the front. I was like, oh, he's going to be funny when he's here. And he's he's lived up to it. He's been funny the entire time. He's been, it, no one can take that away from him. You can you can criticize his tactics. You can criticize his rotations. But the man is funny, not intentionally, but he, he is very funny. Austin, you've been one of the few Mavs media, Mavs fans that have like embraced this side of kid. We've seen it from the beginning, like you said. I mean, there's this dry, like very, very dry, like like desert in the daytime dry humor that he has that he'll just like try and like paste over a comment that he says. But you've embraced it. What 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 made you turn? You know, we had so many Rick press conferences, and I think I was just tired of hearing huh. Rick do say Rick things for 10 years or just just randomly pick on somebody for no reason. I I've, just for no reason, just destroy some random journalist's life. I, I just yeah. I enjoy kids. Raise your hand if you've been there. <laughs> oh, I, I, I believe I was there. All of us just raised our hands. <laughs> you know what? I, I appreciate kid having a little humor. It's it adds a little it's 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 entertainment. And it adds the entertainment. If you're if if room for losing, for having a bad time, if you entertain me, I'm I'm gonna be happy about it. That's just that's one way to appease me. I'm easy, like a, I'm like a dog. There it, was the, there least, was that. I was gonna say that about Rick. Like at least Jason's not a you know not a jerk. Like it, like to us. Like at least he'll fire off some stuff. I mean, I guess you want to talk about how close to the line he gets on that. <laughs> I, okay, let me let me say this of like what it means. Because I think that was the first time, and now after let's just say two years of hearing kid quotes, I think I do say this is one of the my biggest like I'll say issues with him and his like coaching style with the as far as talking with the media is it feels like he deflects so much, and you can look across and find the the, the common denominator in so many of these quotes that it's so it's so much deflecting like like it, when Rick was here and no matter. Who, however they lost, Rick immediately was like, hey, that's my fault. I should have drew up a better play. I should have. And you know, you know, he's full of crap sometimes, but still, it's like he took that. How many times over the past two years has he said something that is deflecting of, hey, you got to ask Luca that. Yeah, you got to ask Nico that. Or my favorite, you know, hopefully he, get, you know, hopefully he gets an opportunity to play. Uh, we we got to find more minutes for this player. Like, no matter what, it's like, bro, like, that's you. Like, you're deciding if X player, Jaden Hardy, whoever it is, is going to play. And even down to the quote, this is an underrated one, but hey, if it's with this personnel, you have to keep asking or bending these guys to play defense. Well, that's like, a good one. Okay. Let's like shot at Nico here, you know, like, and so like so many of these quotes are, you know, even looking at the Josh Green one, what when Josh Green fouled at the end of that game, he said, I didn't want to foul, but for whatever reason, Josh fouled. And it's like, <laughs> God bless, like just drive by on Josh here. And I and, think and that's you, my, I think that's my biggest thing is he deflects so much to other people for it's their fault. It's their reasons, them, not me. So I don't know. Yeah. And yes, when, when you, you know. say, you know, shot at Nico Harrison, obviously, like, obviously those two guys have a close working yeah. relationship, yeah. you know, that comment, I 
highly doubt had any of you know if Nico even saw it like he wouldn't care but it is deflection you know it is saying well I'm not at fault it's somebody else at fault and then it almost reminds me of of uh you know when when you say you know he's like well that that would be a question for somebody else he's even done it with like well that's a question for the analytics people um I I think that was sorry that was my bad guys (laughs) exactly but that came from uh that quote which was uh, him responding to a Nick tweet that <laughs> it was a tweet, but uh, it was it, Jason it was Kidd called it a report. We, yeah, we had this one recently. We take the analytics um, and look at everything you guys write to figure out if we can please you guys. It was a, this was <laughs> that was the one you have to go back where it was March 13th is pregame. And you asked him the question, right, about big man lineups. And Jason Kidd brought up a tweet that I I. Uh, sent about like who is the best big to pair with Luca and Kyrie and he pointed out um, who's okay. capable of playing with one another um, I think there was a report today that you, you saw our best big is Dwight Powell um, and so when you look at that you know you look at him with Kai and Luca he's the he's the best big and then it was uh, I think Maxi and then C Wood um, and so we, we take the analytics um, and look at everything you guys write to figure out if we can please you guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> A funny sidebar to this, for the record, is how many of these was me or you, Nick, asking the question. It feels like so many of these came from our... I, I don't I don't know why yeah. that is, but it's We have just, punchable it, faces is what we do. It must be that. It must be that. Uh, Austin or, or Isaac, please make sense of this quote. It's all you, Austin. This one. <laughs> I I also personally love this. This this might be my top three kick quotes. <laughs> first of all, there's like there's so many aspects of this. It's first of all take taking a tweet and then referring to it as a report. Yeah, like something I'm gonna start doing at my job. I'm gonna start just <laughs> taking information out there and saying that I got reports and just calling everything a report. Also, it's a good tweet. It's good information. You know, it's probably useful. It's probably something an analytics coordinator would present to kid if he had to present a report. Haralbob quote tweeted it that night and and said like that's not enough possessions to know anything about it. And I was like, I agree. I was like, this was, <laughs> it was not my intention for the head coach to find it and be like, this is why Dwight's our best big. The, the second part of the quote, and this is the best part. We just try to do whatever's going to appease you guys. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it is high comedy. It's honestly like fourth wall level comedy that I honestly don't think kid finds any value in press conferences and he just throws them away. Like they're just not valuable to him no. in any way, shape, or form. I think from what we've seen, he has a good relationship with the players. They seem, everyone seems to be kind of on the same page. You don't get a lot of weird leaks or stories about kid or the locker room. So can, can it, we can we can we pause on that one for a second? Yeah. Because this is one of the positives that I think that, you know, so many of these quotes can go around Twitter and, you know, media and fans and all this stuff. And, you know, I mean, we can't even like tweet anything after a game. And it's like, fuck it. You know, everybody's just yelling at us like, you know, we control it. And but to my knowledge and, you know, Tim, obviously you're beat reporter and everything on the team. To my knowledge, nothing. I haven't even heard anything at all about. Luca not liking him, the players not liking him, or something like that, to where, like, you know, towards the end of Rick's time, or even not towards the end, <laughs> you know, you, you would hear different things about those relationships. But I haven't heard anything about Kid and the players and all of that, right? Yeah. Tell absolutely. me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I think I think uh when it comes to things that Jason Kidd is is doing, um, the thing that stands out way more to me is him getting in the bottom of the dog pile after Maxi hits that game winning three, you know, it, it, that to me is more symbolic of his relationship with the players, uh, the players saying that they really like his, you know, calm, even approach, uh, even if it seems like, you know, after a, a big loss, a, a avoidable loss, that it should be something beyond even. To me, it does stand out in that way. And what Austin said is is really, I, I think he kind of, I think you kind of nailed it, Austin. When you're like, he doesn't care, he doesn't find value in the press conferences, with a few exceptions, and I'll get there in a second. Uh, I, I think that Rick Carlisle over the years would take, he would have narratives he wanted to push yeah. in press conferences. Mm. And Jason Kidd, for the most part, has not done that. 
uh, he just kind of takes uh, the question. The, the, at lineups face value. One, the lineups one with Dwight Powell and Christian Wood is definitely a narrative he's pushing, though. <laughs> so the everything when it comes to narratives he's pushed, it's only I've only seen it with one player, and it's Christian Wood. Because think even <laughs> even was it seventh game of the season when they lost to OKC? He was like, well. You guys wanted to see a different oh, lineup, man. a different closing lineup out there. I forgot about that. That was good. There is that one player good. that I've seen him push a narrative on, and it's Christian Wood. Tim Tim wouldn't know about this narrative if it wasn't for his DMs. <laughs> I don't get them anymore. Do you, do you guys still get them? No. 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 Uh, I burnt I burnt that bridge pretty quick recently. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of bangers still that we have not gone over. Uh this was is a classic one. I don't always tell you guys the truth. This was back <laughs> this was back in um oh, what was when was this one? This one this one was recently. You all asked, the quotes are going together. <laughs> they are all going together. Uh this was December 16th, a win against Portland. You asked him if they ended up, you know, the Mavs if did you guys end up coming back to living and dying by the 3? And he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I don't always tell you guys the truth. <laughs> I, mean, I, forgot, I forgot what I'd asked, but yes, I do remember this quote. Oh, um, man. And oh, man, I'm trying to think. I might have to Google it and let one of you guys talk, but I had written something about how something to that effect. And I think he might have actually been referencing something I had written in an article mm. uh, just like a few days prior because it kind of it kind of stood out to me in that way. It was like that that wording, that phrasing, it might have been on a podcast as well, but I had said something very similar to that. Where Jason, where I was just like, yeah, he just kind of goes up and says things, and it really made me think. Uh, because for the record, it, I have, I have, I'm very aware that Jason Kidd has listened to at least one 77 minutes episode, uh, <laughs> if not multiples. And you know, Twitter isn't the coach. He, you know, oh, like clearly Twitter he knows isn't the what coach. He's said, play it one more time. The Twitter isn't the coach one was back in December sixth. It was before uh, a Nuggets game, and fans were asking for Jaden Hardy to play. This is an away game. Mathematically, they probably haven't thought about that side. They just feel it's just just they should play. Um, well, that's that's good, and I think we all want them to play. Um, we've been healthy, and those minutes are spoken for. Um, when you talk about Luca at. 40 um someone's only going to be able to play eight why does it sound like he's struggling um, with this <laughs> you have spencer at 30 those are spoken for um so it's hard you know when when you're healthy you just have to be patient this is not slowed down um, and i know society is impatient or twitter is impatient um because they want it now um in fantasy leagues and and all that but this is a job first and foremost and uh my job is to put those guys in a position to be successful. And, you know, right now we got we got a good thing going. Hardy has to wait. Um, ask Josh. You know, it's. Did you put this at 0.5 speed? Twitter no. the coach or the player. It's just a platform to express your your opinion. And that's as far as it goes. If, if Twitter was a player, it. what position? <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, I didn't realize that quote was that long. It would be, it would be, oh, no. it would be Theo Pinson's position. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that one was a really long one, and then maybe the most famous one. I'm not playing. I'm watching, just Th- like you guys. This came after the blown mm. 27 point lead against the Lakers. Yeah, I'm not the savior here. I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm watching, just like you guys. And as us, as a team, we got to mature. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of new bodies coming back and we got to we have to grow up if we want to win a championship. There's no young team that's ever won a championship uh, mentally or physically. Is this a narrative being pushed? Is this is this another example of him being like, I can't always control the way Luca wants to play or or the style, the the, the dictation? Is he coaching me, Luca through the through the media when he says this? Yeah, because we've heard him talk about his complaining to the refs too. Like we've got to mature. I think that's ex- this quote right here is exactly like we we've got to mature as a team. Was a direct shot at Luca. Like this was we talked about this on Lockdown Maps. It's like the first time we've heard kid call Luca out in a press conference when it it wasn't like directly, but it was pretty much directly. Like if if you listen to it, you you put the dots together. Yeah, I mean, Luca was asked about it after that game, right? I mean, yeah, I think he was after kid that that night, and he said, "I think he said something like, yeah, I probably agree with him, or something like that." You <laughs> he know, said it's probably true, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. that's, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what he said.' Yeah, 
Oh, that one. The, that one's gonna go forever. Then, then the. Uh, no one's dying. <laughs> this one. That was a great. The no one's dying here. March thirteenth is after the second Grizzlies game they played. It was without Luca and Kyrie, and uh, oh, it was Tim Kalishaw asked him if Are you concerned about this season? Is there concerned about this season? If you guys maybe miss the playoffs. Uh, once the season's over. No, just a regular season. What? What? Well, that that's true too. Then there has to be okay. concern. Pa- pause it. Pause it, Nick. What Tim Kalisha no, asked just understand our health. Oh man, I can't pause. But go ahead. <laughs> so what Tim Kal- when when the audio went silent, what Tim Kalisha asked was basically, uh, so so it was when do you have concern? And Jason Kidd answers, um, you know, well, when the regular season's over. And Tim Kalishaw comes back and says, well, you guys could end the season, not in the playoffs, not in the playing tournament. <laughs> right. And he says, well, I guess then, or, you know, what What did he just say? You know, I guess like, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I agree with Austin, where it's, it is, it is high comedy because he's just yeah, like, you know. yeah, you know. No one's like no one's dying. No one's dying. It just no one's dying. is what it is. What do you okay? So this is where I think part of the apathy comes from. We had a big conversation on Lockdown Maps about the apathy of Jason Kidd to us, like to media. And it, when he's talking to media, he's not just speaking to us. Like we are the conduit between those words and the rest of the fans. He's talking to the fans, even though he doesn't maybe see it that way. He wasn't talking to you when he said good morning, Nick. <laughs> that one that one comes. <laughs> Uh, that one wasn't good morning, Isaac. Uh, but he did say, this. "Oh, it was Isaac." Oh, Nick, man. that's a good question. Y'all are the same to me. <laughs> he did. Nick, that's a good question. <laughs> he did do that one. Uh, but what do we think about his his apathy and how he's ex- like like presents himself to fans then in that way? Because just does that matter? Because we've talked about earlier that it doesn't seem to matter to players, but does it matter to fans? And should it? I think it really does matter to fans. I don't think it should matter, but I think fans want to see the level of passion that they have and the level of angst they have about a game or a losing streak in their head coach. And kid is just not that way. But I do think that is very important, like to a fan. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite is when, you know, Luke is getting texts, you know, and some fans are like, Hey, why didn't he go out there and get that tech for Luca? So Luca didn't have to get the tech. I'm like, guys, if y'all think if Jason kid yelling at a ref is going to stop Luca from yelling at a ref, then, uh, I don't know. We got a different opinion about Luca talking with refs, but I, yeah, I don't know if it would, I don't know if that would be, I find his, like how he talks with us about different things. I'm like, all right, I think I would like play around with the media too. I think I would like probably lie a few times just to play. Like I would walk away and be like, dude, I just gave them a heck of a quote and they're going to run with that so much. And that's yes. hilarious. Yes. The thing that, which is probably why he listened to 77 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> The thing that that does bother me, though, is what I said earlier is the deflecting of it feels like nothing is ever his responsibility, his fault, his any of that. But anyway, this is another um, this is another deep cut uh, that goes along with that of the the deflecting is uh, this is November 15th after a Clippers loss. And uh, well, um, we're not um, built, you know, yet in the sense of we only have two ball handlers. So. Um, and with the way that they play, they switch everything in their length. And so you, you have to have multiple ball handlers on there to have any success. And, and we, we literally had just Spencer and C. Wood out there and we, we couldn't throw it in the ocean. Um, but we, the, we're not built yet. We only have two ball handlers was just one of the, <laughs> to me, <laughs> who's fault is that Jason? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You, using the one team building slot they had available this summer to, uh, sign a, uh, center who thinks he's a ball handler yeah but, you know <laughs> hey his hook shots those are fun uh, the time he dribbled around luca in the in the in the uh phoenix series i saw Z, he ripped him and oh, took yeah. it um <laughs> yeah, that's right yeah, yeah i got a couple honorable mentions yeah uh, he had one earlier this season talking about the defense he's like hey people come to see points nobody's here to see 80 versus 80 <laughs> uh he was, was right uh, about that yeah actually can we stop down on that one because when we talk about him being having a very dry sense of humor, um, especially the opening few months of his first year as head coach, he would constantly make jokes, like very obvious statements of like, um, you know, well, we hope Luca can play 45 minutes. And then without even a pause, without even like a comedic pause, he'd be like, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking, guys. I'm joking. Yeah. Like yeah. leaning into the microphone like I just did. And, you know, that kind of goes to the dry humor. I'm not I'm not 
like that's just the thing. That's just Matt's the thing tw- that Matt's happened. Twitter. Like, that's a joke. Yeah, that's a joke. I remember him yeah, saying like that. early on, like him wanting to make sure his demeanor came across the right way. I, I don't have an issue with that. But it's also really funny how there's times where he's like listing players and, you know, who could contribute or, or you know, could be backup point guards. And then he'll be like, I hope I didn't forget anybody uh, in no, you know, no disrespect meant to anybody who, you know, maybe I didn't just name there. And it's just like it's it's weird because it, it's people both, forget about Frank. <laughs> there's there's both this this idea that he doesn't care. But then he's hypo like hypersensitive yes. about actually precisely how these quotes are interpreted because he's, you know, constantly correcting what he means. And so, I mean, I guess I guess the the way to thread that into a consistent, uh, you know, behavior or, or reasoning is that he doesn't really care what he says, but because he doesn't care, he wants to make sure that nothing is is blown out of proportion unless he means it. He sees his press conferences and media and stuff like that as something that is just like he has to do, right? Like there was this one back in uh, after a Minnesota loss when Luca and Kid were both ejected. I'm here because uh, I have to be here. And he didn't take any questions and he just got off. He just got off the stand there. Like he doesn't care about th- about this kind of stuff, but he does care about what players think. And I'm sure he pre- like like we said earlier, players seem to have a good relationship with him and he wants to make sure he comes off well. And it, if a quote comes back, he doesn't have to answer it, to, answered for it to a player. He doesn't care if he has to answer to it to Nick Angstead, Tim Cato, Tim McMahon, Isaac Harris, Austin Gurria, whoever else. But he does care if like a player, if Maxie's like, oh man, like he didn't mention my name in there, my, my part of this, or, or, or like if their feelings get hurt or anything. Cause that's the part that, that matters to him. You know, one of my favorite things that he does is anytime he talk, <laughs> he used to do it first year a lot, but I think he's backed off a little bit now. Whenever somebody asks him about uh, a player and he'll, he'll slide in there. He's just a basketball player, man. <laughs> he's he's a basketball player. And I'm like, all right. Yes, you are correct. He is a, a basketball player. Uh, a, a deep cut, one of my favorite quotes from last year. This is a positive world. We'll take the positive. He was plus two. He said, this is a positive world. We'll take the positive. He's a plus two. This is after Moses Brown's first start. He was against <laughs> oh Cleveland. They started Moses Brown and, and Christoph Porzingis together. And Moses, plus two. Moses Brown played 11 minutes and he was plus two afterwards. And he was asked about Moses Brown. This is after like Mavs Twitter had clambered and clambered and clambered for Moses Brown. He finally gets his opportunity and he did not look good in that game at all. If I remember. Uh, and he just, this is a positive world. We'll take the positive. He was plus two. <laughs> Austin, you had something to say a little bit ago. That is, that's an amazing quote. I, Oh, I, I just wanted to say, I think another reason why he's pretty self-aware about what he says about players. I think he's self-aware about how his, perception was of the, the perception of him after he left Milwaukee 100%. and the book that was read, written about him and all the terrible stories about his locker room demeanor and the way that he treated players. And for the most part, it looks, seems like he's changed course on that, but I think he's very aware of how people perceive him when it comes to his relationship with players. I think that's why he doesn't yell or get in refs faces or all that kind of stuff. Like I still think he wants to come off as not like angry, angry guy. Right. I still think he, and that's why he has this like, Cool, calm demeanor. He's, his humor has become so dry. All that kind of stuff. Part of it is who he is, but I think part of it is he, he's overdoing it in that. I noticed that early on too, uh, that he wanted to like not be that, not be that and, guy. And I agree. And at the same time, it can be legitimate changes he has made to his life to you know be less of that person. You know. Oh, for sure. Well, like, I mean, post, he's consciously post, post doing it be because true. I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's only just a mask or only right. just like so I don't know his personal life at all. So I'm the not. The game's over and he's just like yelling at everybody. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Christmas Day there's in that book that he's talked about. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Uh, can I ask this question? Does he get proper credit for last year's run? I was I was going to bring that up because I do have this one from this was after the game seven against the Suns. Can't believe, yes, sir. Huh? Hell yeah. No one believe, but everybody in this locker room believe. Do you believe? Yes. Like does, you know, nobody else believed except for us. And like that's a positive. That's that's a funny quote to me, but it's a it's a positive where he did have this team believing. I think I thought the coaches staff did a good job last year. This year. I feel like it's been different. They've had some different uh, like circumstances, but I thought the coaching staff did a good job this year, and they haven't this year. I mean, maybe we transition into that now. Uh, how do we think I the mean, coach... Fundamentally, has- what a coach is supposed to do is elevate a, a group beyond what they can be, right? You know, at least a little bit. Uh, and I feel like last season, that was achieved, you know? It's, it's you know, certainly some some players are here, some players are not uh, as, as compared to last season, but... You know, a similar group of players was one of the better defenses in the NBA last season, and they're not this year. And, you know, maybe looking back, there's a little bit of, um, you know, uh, the, the the tinting of some of those game winners that were actually just like Spencer Dinwiddie hitting a bailout three, uh, not dissimilar <laughs> to some of the uh, last second shot attempts that have been taken this year, except that they went in. On the left um, wing, step back. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we need to go back to that and, and kind of still. be like, this is a consistent pattern of okay. Even though some of them went in the first year, uh, the late game stuff. But I think that gate late game stuff is important because that's one of the most visible places where margins can be gained yeah. from a coaching perspective. I think coaching actually in every sport um, is a little bit like it has less influence than people think. But fans can look at coaching and they can identify with it because everybody plays fantasies, fantasy sports and everybody plays, you know, 2K and everybody can imagine themselves on the sideline making the same uh, decisions, you know, telling this player to be in the get get in the game. Nobody can imagine themselves being Luka Doncic and doing what Luka Doncic does. So I think in general, coaching does have a. Uh, you know, it's it's influence on every single sport just about is a little overblown, but there are those margins to be won. And this season, my criticisms were where I have criticisms of Jason Kidd and the coaching staff is that I have not seen them winning enough those margins. You know, like even uh, I don't have the stat in front of me. I looked it up a, a, a week ago. You know, this is the best half court offense and they're about average um, on after timeout plays. Uh, according to PBB stats, I believe they're 17th. Um, you would think that there's a correlation. If, if you're a very good half-court team, then you're probably going to be a very good out-of-after-timeout team just by nature of of that. And I haven't talked to stats guys. Maybe there's no correlation. Maybe there haven't... You know, maybe the number of after-timeout plays is just not big enough to draw any conclusions from. But when you look at late-in-game plays where the Mavericks consistently struggled to get good shots in clutch situations, that, to me, is much more damning than... I'm just sitting here. I'm just watching. I'm watching just like you guys because he's not watching. He's not watching on those final plays. You know, like obviously we all know that. You know, don't just calls the plays and shut it. Shut, shut, I, yeah, shuts I, his I, eyes I, and turns around. 
I'm, I guess I'm on a on a on a minor rant here, and I'll 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 uh, get off my uh, come on, I'll get off my horse here. But you know, like obviously he's not just watching. So go look at the things that he is actually doing, and assess them. And you would, you know, I think there is legitimate ammo there to criticize Jason Kidd and his coaching job this year that are not just, you know, a throwaway line at a at a press conference. Well, do you, I mean, just look at the comp, the compilation of their game-winning shot attempts, right? It's that same play over and over again. We're just like, how do they keep trying this same play over and over again? And that's one of the most, like, visually, like, apparent things. Like, oh, Jason Kidd's not, like, after that video came out, I think I had a bunch of people say, oh, oh yeah, Jason Kidd's not a good coach. And just, like, that was it. After last year getting some benefit of the doubt returned to him because of the run the Mavs made. Austin, what letter grade would you give kid this year? C plus. I think okay. I think he's this pa- year he's passing. Hey. We gotta see what these final ten C- games C look plus like. in my house growing up was was not passing. It was <laughs> <laughs> no one's get degrees, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I think the the team it, to fail, the team has to quit on you. The team is like has to not believe he mm. he's got he gets the the part where the players buy in to his scheme and to what he wants to coach. I think he hasn't done a good job this year of creating a coherent identity for the team. I think that's one thing that he did really well last year is that there were really clear roles and a really clear hierarchy, and everyone kind of knew where they slotted in. And I think this year it's just kind of been a mess all season, and the way that they want to play has kind of been a mess all season. And there really hasn't been a specific style of play, and they've never really gotten their defensive scheme coached into them. I think last year, even though they didn't have great defensive talent, you could always tell they were executing their scheme to the best of their ability. And I don't think you could say that this year about the team. And that's that's all on coaching. Co- executing the scheme is about coaching and about instilling those those principles. And I don't think he's done that well enough this year. And we touched on this earlier, actually, when we were talking about the I'm you know I'm watching just like you guys. <laughs> If that was him pushing, you know, a little bit of a narrative about Luca and it being hard to coach Luca, that should be like I'm going to flesh that out a little bit. It is hard to coach Luca. Luca is very set in the way that he wants to play. Yeah. Rick Carlisle came in and tried to coach the hell out of Luca. You know, really tried to, you know, I might get need, him I might to need play to hop a certain off way. This pod now. What's that? So I might need to hop off this pod now. We got a Mavs.com <laughs> show tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay isaac um see where keep, was i keep going. Knocked uh, his train right. he, knocked, he successfully mavs.com man. strikes again man man it worked um but uh but yeah carlo tried to coach him. Tried. yeah yeah carlo tried and then um and then quickly realized that he couldn't and and you know kind of took the the other tact to it and jason keith came in and was you know absolutely totally the player's coach took the exact opposite demeanor and was really open to the way that you know just letting the team play you know he said before here's another quote you know he said something like we're gonna play at luca's pace and if it's good for luca it's good for us that's not verbatim but it was something to that extent early on and maybe whenever there's another you know a next coach here in dallas if there's another coach coaching luca in dallas at some point in the future Maybe there is a middle ground to be struck where you can be a player's coach, but you can also help mold Luca into the next phase of his career. And at the same time, maybe 24-year-old Luca is not there yet. He's not ready to be molded and changed into, you know, his his comfort uh the way he's comfortable playing. Maybe he's just not ready yet. And so it's a tricky thing. And, you know, I don't know where one thing starts and one thing ends in terms of Luca being Luca versus, um, you know, Jason Kidd or any coach being able to get through to him. And so I'm just going to, yeah. Well, you, there's, you, there's that. There's fleshing it out. You look back at where Rick Carlisle coached Jason Kidd. There was that whole back and forth between, well, Kidd wants to call, Rick Carlisle wants to call every single play. And Kidd's like, let's just let us play. Just let us play. And now Kidd is a coach. He's like, well, I'm just going to let Rondo. I'm just going to, now I'm just going to let him play, right? Like now I'm just going to let him play even through these runs where he doesn't call timeouts. And that's where the, uh, you know, I'm not the savior here. I'm just watching quote came from. Cause I asked him about not calling a timeout during a run from the other team. 
uh, I think that is is where it kind of stems from. If I'm going to try to point back to something from his career where he learned from, okay, well, Rick Carlisle just wanted to manage everything. I'm, I'm just going to not manage it. I'm going to do it more like a soccer coach, right? Or I'm just going to be like, all right, I set everything up and I'm just going to throw everybody out there and, and they do the thing. Well, I think soccer gonna... coaches get sacked. They get fired way more often than basketball <laughs> coaches because fans are like, no, it's your fault, which same same thing applied from earlier. But I oh have, my I God. Have one more kid quote. Mm. Oh, yes. Let's go. Oh, man. Speaking of Luca, you know, he wants him to be Picasso and use all the paints. Oh, <laughs> how did we forget that one? That's a great one. Use all the paints is, first of all, a hilarious way to phrase that. That's not even. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Use all the paints. Like, first of all, I'm not sure he's done that. I'm not sure Luca is using different paints anymore. I think he went back. No, to the he has same like paints three paints. He has like three paints. <laughs> yeah. Primary colors only. I, I, <laughs> I need one of those to ask kid. If you think Luca is, if he thinks Luca is using more paints this season, I just and how many paints he thinks he has. <laughs> please show, please oh. show up to ask him that. I need question. to show, I need to show up, and that just needs to be my only question of the season, and I'll bounce. That's, There's a Hornets game. It's up to the home Hornets. And what color are those paints? Which which colors are is, is he not using? <laughs> you think he got some of these um, analogies from from Palinka, like like, <laughs> like oh, working for the Lakers oh, for two years? Oh, ab- absolutely. <laughs> give, He's like, yeah, I'm going to okay. try this. Harder Nick, than give looks. give give us the car one. I need oh. the car one. This is one of my favorite analogies he's used. So I want to you know be able to touch the car. Uh, th- so this was in his introductory press conference, and somebody asked him about getting to work with Luca. And um, so to answer your second question. Um, I have to wait until I can look under the hood. You know, I've I've been a you know I've been on the back row right now watching it on TV, and so I want to you know be able to touch the car, and uh, the more I can spend time with him, then I can answer that question. Um, but I, from afar, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, it's you know poetry in motion. If you look back at when Dirk started, he's probably a little bit more advanced than what Dirk can do at 20. One twenty-two years old, but um, Dirk did finish as a Hall of Famer, and uh, I think Luca has that same um, aspirations, uh, you know, to be a Hall of Famer at the end of the day. Dirk <laughs> never skipped paint day. <laughs> <laughs> um, going going back to his ev- kind of evaluating his coaching, though, I think it's one of the hardest things to do from yes. you know from like an outsider that's not at the practice, you know, not in the practices as a, as on the coaching staff or something like that is to evaluate coaching as a whole, because, you know, you kind of see the other argument too. I think we said this a while back on lockdown Mavs that like, no matter what, um, no matter what side you're on, you can, ha- you can provide a case, you know, confirmation bias case to prove it's like, well, how is that kid's fault? If the team's not playing defense or look at all those box outs, they're not even Luca. Just let this guy get it. You know, Jared Vanderbilt and get this board. Like it was easy. How's that kid's fault? And then you could go the other way. And it's like, well, kids doing this kids doing that. I, I just think it's so hard. I mean, it's easy for you know me to sit back and like laugh about the quotes and we can do that and have fun. It's just so hard to properly evaluate sometimes without, you know, some of these tell all pieces that the Cato's of the world writes that tells us about player relationships with coaches or the stuff that's happening. I mean, Tim, I mean, we're all waiting for the tell all piece this summer. It, you got, it's just kind of like a Cato, you know, tradition at this point, right? <laughs> I, I get a, I get a tweet. There's, there's at least one person in my mentions after every, you know, really bad loss asking exactly this question. <laughs> yep. What's the piece coming? Where, where, it's my where's burner. Does, does Jason Kidd have a burner? Oh, I was going to ask this earlier. He, I feel like this is an Austin question. His Twitter is at real Jason kid, right? So there has to be an at fake Jason kid somewhere. Uh, that's, probably, apps, that's probably what it is. Do you, do you think he's living amongst us in the mass Twitter? He I think he's on this pod right now. He's Kirk Anderson. He's just, he's just he's one Kirk. of those. He's Kirk. <laughs> we don't know. SJ? We've met Kirk in person, <laughs> but we don't know. if. <laughs> We've done a we have, I've done a pod with SJ. She's real. <laughs> He's probably like slow slow fan something. The one of the Slovenia Luca accounts. <laughs> His talk just has never came here before, and we're like, <gasps> it's him. His talk's just an actor that Jason Kidd hired. That's why he he has to come once a year. That's how. Well, that's why I mean, he comes once a year is because Jason Kidd Jason, hires him just to prove that he's real. I think if I think if Jason was his talk, he could have answered that analytics question. <laughs> <laughs> might have, might have answered it a little bit differently. <laughs> 
the actor of is talk though he, he could answer all right here, here's here's my closing thought uh going off of what isaac said um i agree i i think that it's i would not describe coaching as an iceberg where like only 10 percent is visible i do think a lot of what happens on the basketball court is something that you can look at and address and say um based off past evidence for example uh, like jaden hardy not playing in december i do not know if he would have been affected at it's that point of the season him. right but the mavericks not signing a third ball handler i do know was a mistake reggie bullock um you know not playing early in the season now that we know these slumps early in the year you know maybe some justification for that but the mavericks not getting shots off late in games consistently that to me is a margin that they're failing to win in these situations and so when it comes to on court there is a lot that i do feel uh you know if you're rigorous and academic with it and and, and you're you're serious about it you can um you know really look at it and, and make a decision obviously when it comes to stuff like keeping the locker room together which we we think it is we all signs point to yeah it looks like it is and all the players believe in him and they say they believe in him you know we can have an assessment of that and and, and so far it seems positive we don't know exactly how that's working. We don't know. Maybe this is just a locker room that would be just as happy without anybody in charge. You know, like it's impossible to know. <laughs> Kyrie, that. you're the coach. Um, I'm the coach. We're the coach. <laughs> Co-managing and then, the franchise. And then lastly, <laughs> and then lastly, it's it's the Luca thing we talked about. When you are tasked with coaching a superstar, it is Jason Kidd's job to get the most out of Luca. Yep. Specifically, it's why he was hired. It's possible that there is not a person alive right now that 24 year old Luca would really adapt or adjust or change the way he plays. It's possible. Luca just isn't there yet. And so while it is Jason Kidd's job, very clearly it was stated when he was hired that, you know, a huge reason why is to develop this relationship with Luca and, and to bring him on to the next steps. I have no way to say, I, I can say that he's not doing that in certain ways about the way Luca plays, but I have no idea if that's possible or if it's an indictment on Jason Kidd or if he was the best chance to do it and even him can't, you know, get him to stop yelling at the refs or, you know, you know, drib, you know, taking step back left wing threes every time it's a it's a game winning shot or or any of that. We'll never know because they'll never sign Drogic. <laughs> any closing well, just, thoughts? I'm, my closing I, thoughts is we went a whole pod and we didn't take any timeouts to do ads and we're just going to end the pod saving all of our timeouts. So <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I get to retroactively do that. I so. say, that's great. That's- <laughs> Sorry, guys. I had to get a dad joke in there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think I think our feed is also going to have ads in it. But does, um- <laughs> does Cuban have a buyback program for the for the timeouts? <laughs> can, can I end on a sidebar question? We, we've all oh, ended yeah, on something. Let's do this. <laughs> One more thing. I'm just going to just going to throw this out. They're just kind of testing the waters. Wait, I, Austin. Yeah. Next time, don't wait till it's three seconds left to top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's honestly very timely audio, Nick. Thank you for that's that. Good. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. To my question. Um, outside of the Philadelphia game, when's the last time you had a lot of fun watching Luka Doncic play basketball? Oh my gosh, the Knicks sixty-point game. <laughs> that was a great one. How many months ago was that? That wasn't even fun. Up until like the <laughs> very last <laughs> forty-seven minutes. That was not a fun game. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, game seven. <laughs> Goodness. I mean, playoffs. It, it's uh, been a tough little straight. He's been a tough watch for a little bit. It's 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 been a while. It's been a few just, months. I mean, this season's just been tough. Like you just see, like you immediately see the problems with the team early on. And then they make the trade for Kyrie. And just, it's just been one injury after another, after a clutch, then clutch loss. If it's not an injury, then it's a clutch loss. It's just been brutal watching this team, when, no matter if Lucas played or not. I when did say- Slovenia play Eurobasket? Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. August. I will okay. say, though, the Kyrie non-Luka games, pretty pretty enjoyable. Oh, here we go. They're, 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 they're pretty go good there. Watch. Go there, Tim Austin. Just, Tim just <laughs> left. I'm just, I'm just I'm just putting I'm just putting out some feelers. Just. <laughs> oh boy, uh, Kato, what do you think about it? <laughs> Kato, right. Kato had to leave the podcast. He didn't. Even... <laughs> yeah, he couldn't do. It. I mean, it's it's a whole different style of play, right? I mean, it's just a. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. 
Well, I, I think I think we get stuck in like, in the we, recording, and then we can talk. We watch every single game, and so we watch th- like the thirtieth ranked pace over and over and over again. Like, okay, we've seen it, we've seen all this before. Luca's incredible passes and stuff. Like, he threw a behind the back, like behind the head pass the other night, and I was like, oh yeah, that's what he does. I was like, hold on, wait, why is that not amazing me anymore? Because I've seen it a hundred million times, and then you see Kyrie like run a fast break and you're like oh boy this is exciting because it's new it's the same with the young players right it's like Jaden Hardy comes out and you're like so excited he does the same things that (laughs) Kyrie does at times (laughs) and and like it's more exciting when he does it or Josh Green or whoever like the new things always be more exciting I think Tim any thoughts I mean when it comes to when it comes to fun I mean Tim's not in it for fun but you know, I'm not I'm not as much of a fan as as you guys. Um, you don't have to be. You know, a I'm a basketball fun. fan, so yeah. This, I mean, this yeah, it hasn't fun. been as fun of a season. But I, I think I think what Nick said is is a good point. Is that you know, highlight moments stand out more when the vibe is good, and the vibe has been bad for so much of the season that mm. you know, even the the moments of joy would stand out more if this team was ten games over five hundred, rather than you know dead even are they lo- losing right here again somewhere around there yeah they're losing yeah. they got the hornets yeah, coming yeah, yeah. up though excited yeah. so two games against the hornets and uh i need a recovery beer this has been locked on mavs 77 minutes in heaven crossover we appreciate you guys for hanging out with us and uh yeah go and listen to jason kidd after after another game we'll see ya peace out boom he plays Fortnite just like me. I am 34. Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future. The future is Luke, a big dick Donchich from the home of Melania Trump. How many kids you hit? Don't fight the future. It tears me apart. Don't fight the Please be nice to Luca. Future four-time MVP. Um, and so we we take the analytics um, and look at everything you guys write. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.